Mark 12, 30 through 31. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for the privilege to be in your house. Thank you for the gift of salvation for sending your son to be our Savior. Thank you for every person that's here today. Lord, would you speak into our hearts. May I move out of the way and I pray that we hear from you, Lord, in your word. Lord, for those who aren't able to be here, we lift them up to you as well. Father, be with Brother Will and Ray and Devin as they preach and be with churches across the globe, Lord, that are proclaiming the good news of salvation. We pray that lives will be transformed today. Uh, we love you and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Relationships are vital to our success and survival. Would you agree with that? Just say yes even if you don't. Relationships are vital to our success and survival. Would you agree? Thank you. We need each other. All right. We need each other. Y'all aren't, y'all, I can tell, man, I'm, I'm hitting the, yes, bouncing back. Y'all are looking like, no, I'm not buying it. We do. We need each other. There's strength in numbers. But scripture describes Satan as a roaring Lion, seeking whom he may devour. And that's what he does. Satan wants to isolate us. Satan wants us to think we're all alone. We're the only one with this problem. We're the only one with this struggle. And he wants to get us all to ourselves. And that's when he attacks us. And, and I have another video that I'm going to show uh, that will kind of illustrate this. But warning, this is not a funny video. Now 18 months old, the brothers pick up the subtleties of stalking buffalo by watching the lionesses. They control the pace of the hunt. Understand that measured calm must balance the energy of an ambush. They hang back on purpose. Study the herd for weak spots. A straggler, and he's compromised. They move into attack positions. Oh, that buffalo is in trouble, isn't he? Like, Brother Jason, how could you show that? That's horrible. First, I'll show you the cute, cuddly kitty cats, and then the lion. But hey. That's reality, guys. In a spiritual sense, that's what Satan is doing. He's stalking us, his host of demons. They're, they're working. They're trying to pull us apart. They're trying to separate us out. And guys, we need each other. We need the Lord and we need each other. There's strength in numbers. Uh, so today I'm going to talk to you about our connections with God, our family, and our friends. Three vital connections. First of all, let's look at our connection with God. You know, a really powerful movie is The Passion of the Christ. It's difficult to watch, but you should watch it if you haven't. And when I think of connecting with God, I always think of this, this scene that's on the screen behind me, this picture. And this is Jesus in the garden the night of his betrayal, right before his betrayal and it would be his arrest. And, and he's getting ready to go through extreme suffering. He's going to die on the cross for our sins. He's going to actually be separated from his father for the first time ever because he's bearing the guilt of our sin upon him. And the father, 
who's holy and perfect, couldn't even look upon that in his son. And the Bible says he had to turn away from him. So Jesus was going to feel this extreme separation from his father. So the night before all this would happen, we see in the garden through Scripture that he is praying. He's, he's crying out to God. He's praying so earnestly and so intently that the Bible says that he actually, uh, that blood poured from his skin. And we know that's a real medical condition that can happen when you're under extreme stress and agony. Well, Jesus, he, he sets the example of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. This is the greatest commandment. And this verse tells us to give everything we have into serving God, to following Him, to making Him Lord of our life. And that's not easy to do because we're pulled many directions. There's many things that, that call for our attention on this earth. But guys, we've got to keep God as our first priority because He's our Creator and He's our Sustainer and ultimately He's our Savior. And one day, we're going to draw our last breath on this earth. It's going to happen to all of us. We don't like to think about that, but that's reality. And, and we, will, we will enter into eternity. And so what is most important now is that we form a relationship with God while we're on this earth. That is crucial. And I'm going to explain that to you this morning. If we're going to connect with God, the very first thing we have to do is establish a relationship with Him. So I have a question for you this morning. Do you know if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Only you can answer that. Nobody else can answer that question for you. But the Bible tells us that God loves us and He has a great plan for each and every one of us. Listen to this verse in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and hope. Powerful passage. We talk about this a lot with our teens because God does have a plan for our lives. Guys, that's exciting. And that's encouraging. Does it mean you're going to have an easy life? No. But He's got a plan. He's going to use you and He's going to accomplish things through you if you'll let Him. But the Bible tells us we're all sinners. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That just means we miss God's mark of perfection. Every single one of us in this room, we've done something wrong at least once in our lives. Would you agree? Yes, we have. We're sinners by nature and choice, and we miss God's mark of perfection. And the result of that sin is separation from God. Heaven's a perfect place, and our sin is not going to allow us to get into heaven by our own, on our own. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. And truly, that's the result of sin. It, it earns death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, I'm thankful for that gift. You see, God knew we weren't going to be good enough on our own to get into heaven, but He made a way for us to be restored, our relationship to be restored. And He did it through Jesus. Jesus paid the price for our sin on the cross. He endured God's wrath against sin. And He's the only way to the Father. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus did that out of ultimate love. And then Jesus said in John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through Me. That's it, guys. We're not going to get into heaven on our own good works. But when we trust Jesus as our Lord, He forgives of our sins, He puts His righteousness around us, and we have a home in heaven. That is an amazing gift. And, it, and it's for everyone. Salvation is offered to all, but you must accept Jesus to receive that gift. It's not automatic. It's a free gift, but it's not an automatic gift. You must choose to make Jesus your Lord. Listen to Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth Confession is made into salvation. In Romans 10, 13, 
For whoever calls upon the Lord shall be saved. And that means that Jesus forgives us of our sins and He gives us that gift of eternal life in heaven. The greatest gift of all, but guys, we have to accept it. So make sure that you have established that relationship with God. That's, that's the number one relationship in your life. And once we establish it, we have to nurture it. That relationship has to grow. Listen to these great verses in Colossians 2, 6 and 7. And now, just as you have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, okay, we just talked about that, that's being saved, making Jesus your Savior, you must continue to follow Him. Now this is the growth part. Let your roots grow down into Him. I like that part. You know, if you think of a healthy tree or a plant, it's got to have roots that go deep under the ground and draw uh, water and nutrients out of the soil or it won't be healthy. That plant won't thrive. It's the same way with us. we got to let our roots grow down into Jesus and let our lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught, the truth of God's Word. And you will overflow with thankfulness. I like that last part. You know, because as Christians, I mean, if we're sour and cranky all the time, you know, who's, who's going to be excited about that, right? Hey, we've got joy in our life. And yes, are, are there going to be difficult circumstances? Absolutely. And God made us to be emotional. And there are going to be times that we're grieving, that we're sad, that we're hurting and sorrowful. That's part of life. But even in the midst of that, we still have joy inside of us because we know who our Savior is. And we know that one day Jesus will return and this world will be gone. And we'll enter into heaven and eternal life where there's no more sickness or pain or death or dying. It's a perfect place where we'll be with our Savior and worship our Father forever. Now, that's even hard, that's hard to comprehend, even as I say that, isn't it? It's hard to comprehend because we love this world and we want to hang on to it so much. But, guys, heaven's going to be a million times better. We can't even imagine how awesome it's going to be, but it's a real place. And uh, I'm excited about it. So, hang on to that hope. Well, how do we grow? Well, this is the painful part. 1 Timothy 4, 7 says this, Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. we got to grow. It takes work. It's hard work. It's hard work to exercise, isn't it? You know, my, my buddy Corey back here, I met him through the gym where I go, and, you know, he's, he's all fit and young and strong, and I'm not anymore, and, it, you know, it kind of depresses me. But I, I like to hang out with Corey, but, it, you know, Corey's always giving me some exercise tips, some training tips, and uh, workout, workout. Here's what you can do. And guess what? It just boils down to it takes work. It's not going to be easy. <laughs> Nobody can do it for you. You've got to eat right. You've got to exercise. You have to do it. So if we're going to grow in our relationship with God, here's the bottom line. It takes discipline. And I've given you an acronym today. GROW. Letter G. Ready? Write this down. Get alone with God daily. Get alone with God daily. Am I talking too fast? I've got a lot to say, man. When... When Brother Will turns a youth pastor loose in a pulpit, look out because I'm, man, I got a lot to say. So here we go. Get along with God every day. We call this a quiet time. And it simply means get still, get on your knees and do some praying to your father. Break into the word, read the truth of God's word, and then, you know, write it down. Think about what God has spoken to you that day. We got to connect with God. Get along with him every day. Joshua 1.8 says this, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all according that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. It's good stuff. Second letter, R. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. Well, what, what do we mean by that? Hey, don't just read God's Word. Chew on God's Word. Meditate on God's Word. Savor. 
God's word. I told this in the first service. I don't know if I should tell it in here because Joy will probably say that was gross. You shouldn't have said that. But I love jerky. All right, my boys always want me to make Michael. They want me to make jerky. Dad, when are you going to make jerky? Which I'm overdue. They've been prom, you know, asking me, and I've been promising them. I haven't made jerky in a while. But you know what I like about jerky? You don't just put it in your mouth and, and it's gone. No, jerky is going to stay with you. All right. It's going to, and you're going to savor that flavor. You know, you've got to chew on that jerky for a while. Y'all with me? Go get you some jerky after church. You'll know what I'm talking about. Love it. So, Psalm 119, your word I've treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. So first, if we're going to grow, we've got to get along with God daily, right? Then we've got to renew our mind. Then next, letter O, we've got to open up to others. Open up to others. What do I mean by that? Guys, we got to open our lives up. We're not all alone. The buffalo in the video, man, saying he got alone. The lions got him, man. They pounced on him. Guys, we need people in our lives. There's going to be times where we go through difficulties, and we're going to need like-minded people to come alongside of us and to encourage us. We need that. We can find that in our church family right here. This gives us opportunity to, to form relationships, to study God's Word together, then to go out to serve and share in the community. And to have somebody to keep you accountable. You know, I think that's so important. Find a Christian, a trusted Christian of the same gender that you can open your life up to and, and you can pray for each other and share your weaknesses and struggles. That's so important. Makes such a difference in your life. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either one of them falls, the other will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. It's important to have others in our lives. Finally, letter W, win the battle with principles. What do you mean, Jason, win the battle? Jesus, he won the war. When, when Jesus rose from the grave, he conquered death. He conquered the enemy. Okay, And one day he's going to return and he'll put, a, he'll put the final clothes on it. But guys, until then, we're still in a the battleground. There is an enemy, the devil, he's a real enemy. And he's got a host of, of wickedness, of demons that work. And we can't see it's in a spiritual realm, but it's real. The Bible tells us it is. And they are working against us. So we need to have, we need to have principles because every day is a battle. And we need to decide what we're going to live by. So a principle is a standard you choose to live by. All right? Like, I'm going to spend time with God every day. I'm going to, I'm going to be involved in God's house, in His church. I'm not going to go certain places that I don't know are going to cause me to sin or where God's not honored. I'm going to guard my mind and my eyes and my heart from sexual immorality on TV and the computer. You're going to be careful about what you watch. You're going to filter it. You're not going to take everything in. There are certain things you decide, you know what, I'm not going to take that in my life. I won't watch that because I know it's harmful for me and my family. And then we're going to speak words of encouragement. We're going to avoid negative words or gossip or cursing. Listen to Daniel 1.8. But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself. Love the story of Daniel because he was taken as a slave into a foreign land. He could have done anything he wanted. Nobody would have known. But he decided, I will not defile myself. He had principles that he lived by before he was taken as a slave. That he lived by as a boy. And so when he was taken into this foreign land and they tried to make him do things that were against his principles from God's word, he said, no, I will not defile myself. And as a result, God worked in his life. And God blessed in his life. Application for us, what does this mean? Well, when we trust Jesus as our Savior and when we determine that we're going to grow in our relationship with Him, we fall deeper in love with God. 
And when we do that, guess what happens? His purpose for our lives will unfold. That plan begins to make sense. So guys, we've got to get this one nailed down. Make sure that you have that relationship with God. The second connection I want to talk about today is our connection with our family. With our family. And maybe here today you've got some family here. And maybe if you don't, hey, guess what? These people around you, they are your family. Because the church body is an extension of your family. And that, and that is the truth. So today, whether your, your physical family's here or your church family's here, this applies to you. Okay, so nobody's off the hook here. All right, nobody, nobody thinks that you're off the hook. Uh, you know, I love Christmas time, and at Christmas time, we'd like to get these cards and we send them out. And a lot of times, what do we put on these cards? Come on. We're talking about what right now? Connection with our family. We like to put a picture, Jim, of our family on our Christmas cards, right? Any of y'all ever do that? Raise your hand if you do that. Right, okay, three of you. Man, tough crowd today. Joy, I guess we're the only ones that do that. And I don't know why we do that. I guess we just like, you know, people want to see how much your kids have grown, right? Not that we've, just our kids are growing. Nobody else is growing. We stay the same. Well, you know, I was thinking, though, with now, with Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all that, man, you don't have to send a Christmas card out because everybody knows what's going on with your family. Y'all know it before I know it, you know? <laughs> you know what's going on with my family before I do, Right? Right. One of you agrees with me. Good. Man, we're making, we're, I'm connecting with you all today here. Well, um, you know, we always send out a Christmas card, so I wanted to show you our family Christmas card that we sent out this year. There it is. Man, that, that's sharp-looking family, isn't it? See, I have to show funny videos and pictures to make you all laugh. Like Dave, he's real naturally funny. You know, he just opens his mouth, and, and it's funny. But, you know, God didn't make me funny. Wow, wow, you know, poor me. I'm not funny, but I can find some funny pictures and videos and make y'all smile a little bit, wake you up. Uh, but, you know, usually we're really proud of our family. We are. And uh, I'll, I'll tell this. I won't, I won't go too long on this, but, hey, family photos, they can be a drag, though. Did y'all know that? I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm not, well, let me go back to my childhood. I come home from school one day. I was probably, you know, 11 years old, something like that. Man, I'm worn out, you know. I'm ready to. I'm ready to get home and just have the rest of my evening. And my mom, she's so excited. She goes, get showered up, get dressed, here's your clothes. We're going to go to Harmony Star Free Will Baptist Church. We're having a family photo fundraiser. We're going to get our Christmas picture made. And here's your shirt, and it's going to look exactly, you're going to dress exactly like your little brother. And boy, I got excited about that, you know. So, man, I'm not one to do it. So immediately, and, you know, I don't do this anymore, but, uh, well, actually I do. And... Uh, I don't want to do it, so man, I was just, I was. I have my frown on. I want everybody to know I'm not happy. I don't want to do this. I'm not liking this. I don't do that anymore, do I? Oh, well, maybe sometimes. I'm still a kid at heart. What can I say? So then, you know, so I'm frowning. Then you got my brother, and he's just happy. He's. He's always happy. He's ready. You know, he's, let's go get a picture. So we get all dressed up and we get down there. Man, I'm just like, I can't believe this. My whole evening's shot. So we get down there and then here we go. And so my parents are on the back and then we're in the front. But my parents know me, you know. They can't, they don't have to see my face. They can just tell, you know. And they're like, my dad's like talking out of the corner of his mouth. You better smile. You better smile, son. And then my mom's over here going, Jason, if you don't smile, when they get home, you're in trouble. And then, and so I'm like, 
And then you got my brother, and he's like, and I'm not lying. They took the photo at that moment with all four of us with those faces. I mean, wow. You've seen it, hadn't you? I'm, I'm preaching the truth. Now, you know what's more amazing? They put it up in their house. That's what I can't believe. I wish I had that picture for you all to see today. Hey, I know somebody who figured out family photos. That's Miss Camilla. Raise your hand back there, Miss Camilla. Miss Camilla, genius right there. Y'all look at her right now. That woman's a genius because her family, she lives in a whole house full of guys like you know my wife does. And guess what? She figured out how to beat the system. She told the guys we're doing the family photos, but we're shaking it up a little bit. We're going to go duck commander style. So they got to dig out their camo and put their beards on. I mean, they were running through the house looking for camp. They were so excited. That's a cool Christmas card. Wow, awesome. So, hey, Miss Camilla, great job. We can, we can all learn from you. So next year, ladies, you know what to do, okay? That'd be awesome. I'm, I'm the only one that got excited about that, but I, I thought it was a great idea. You know, seriously, though, when it comes to our family, maybe you're really proud of your family, or maybe, maybe your family has trouble. You know, maybe there's struggles. But can I say this? There's no perfect family. There's not a family in here that's without trouble. Because we all, what? remember, we've all sinned. We've all messed up. We're all going to have struggles in our lives. So if your family, maybe there's trouble, guess what? You can rely on the Lord and He can make it better. There's hope for your family. Maybe today your family is going good. Well, let me give you this warning. Don't take it for granted. Because that can change. Alright? So bottom line, we need to connect with our family. We need to give our family to the Lord. So why are relationships at home so difficult? You know, I was nice to everybody growing up except one person. Who, who was it? My little brother. I've told y'all before. Yeah, I, do I feel guilty about it? Absolutely. Of course, he was mean to me too. So he deserved part of it, Brother Stacy. He did. Uh, but sometimes we treat the ones we love the most, we treat them the worst. Why is that? Well, I think it boils down to this right here. Satan hates your home. That's what it boils down to. And we see it in the very beginning. The first... The first couple, the first family was Adam and Eve, and they were attacked by Satan. He, they were attacked. And so Satan knows this. He wants, if he can destroy your relationship with your family, then he's going to mess up every part of your life. That's what he wants to do. And John 10.10 10 says, The thief, that's talking about Satan, the enemy, does not come except to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his mission, to destroy our homes, to mess up our home life. Because if he can do that, it's going to affect everything else in your life. When things are bad at home, life seems to be bad everywhere. So remember today who the real enemy is. Ephesians 6, 10, and 12. Listen to these verses carefully. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Did you get that part? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Our enemy, our battle is not against... The people of this earth. But here's who we fight against. The principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And that's our enemy. That's, that's the enemy. Ephesians 6.10. So here's the, here's the bottom line. I want you to get this today when it comes to your family. The real struggle is not against your parents, if you're a teenager out here. The real struggle, if you're a parent, is not against your teenager. Okay? <laughs> If, if you're in here with your spouse, the real struggle is not against your spouse. You see, as family, you know everybody's weaknesses, don't you? You get on each other's nerves sometimes, right? I really thought I'd get an amen out of that one, but 
and everybody's afraid to say anything. Sometimes familiarity, it produces neglect. So I want to challenge you with this. Don't take each other for granted. God gave you your family for a reason, and He will teach you things through your family. So what's the application? Realize that Satan's our enemy. We're all under attack, and we need to let God rule in our home and watch the way that we treat each other. Right now, I want to do a little exercise with you. I always like to do this with the teens. So right now in this room, I want you to find somebody. It could be you know, your family or your friend. But I want you to look at them. When I count to three, I want you to say this phrase. You're not the enemy. Are you ready? Can you do that? And you have to mean it. You have to mean it. Okay. All right. Figure out who you're going to look at. All right. On the count of three. One, two, three. All right. Now, I don't know. Now, did you really mean that? Huh? As a front row. You're not the enemy. Hey, you need, to, you need to remind yourself of that every day. Each and every day. Families are under attack. We can laugh about it, but guys, we are. What does the Bible say about, about our family? Man, some great laws in God's Word. You know, and I love, I, I love God's principles. And sometimes we think, oh, God just doesn't want me to have any fun. No, God's protecting you from bad things happening to your family. That's why He gives us a commandment to give us an abundant life. See, the second half of John 10.10, 10, the thief comes, you know, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes so that you may have an abundant life. Jesus wants to give you a full life. And so when we, when we follow his commandments, guys, it works. It works. It make, life makes sense when we do it God's way. So he gives us these commandments. But then I think about he also gives us laws of nature like gravity. All right? Everybody knows about gravity. Well, I was reminded of the law of gravity on our ski trip. We took the teens skiing. And Joy and I were on this lift, and we're on the ski lift with one of our kids. And, you know, when you go skiing, Russ, they put these great big boots on you, and then these big, long, heavy skis. And then you get on this tiny little bench that's like, you know, that deep, right? And you're on this little bitty seat, and there's no safety bar in front of you. So you're going up and up and up, and all of a sudden you're 40 feet in the air. And, you know, I'm, we're hanging on to our kids. They're like, ah, oh, quit, Mom and Dad, let go of me. Like, no way, I'm not letting go of you. And they're wanting to look over the edge. I'm like, no, stop! Because gravity's going to get a hold of you, boy, and you're going to be maimed or killed. But you know, then Joy brought up, she made a good observation. She said, how is it that you go to a theme park like Silver Dollar City? All right, and they have this one ride. It's the Ladybug ride. Now already, you're thinking, that's a tame ride, right? Ladybugs, that doesn't sound too scary. They got this ride, a Ladybug ride. Any of you all know that ride I'm talking about? Any of your parents there? Yeah. Well, one of our kids, one time, they, they were one inch too short to ride the ladybug ride. I thought, surely they're going, they can fudge this. The ladybug ride is this tall off the ground, okay? It spins in a circle, and the ladybugs move up and down. I mean, there's nothing to it. They would not let our kid ride, and he was so mad. Joy's like, how come they can, you know, they let this ski lift slide. You're at 40 feet in the air, no safety. Features whatever with this heavy weight attached to your feet, but then you can't ride a ladybug ride. It doesn't make sense. Right? Apparently, Silver Dollar City, they're much more concerned about the law of gravity than the ski slope. I don't know. I'm just saying. God's put these laws into place, and if we ignore them, pain's going to occur in our lives. Listen to these verses. These are powerful, powerful verses for marriage and for, for family. And it's found in Ephesians 22 through 33. I'm going to read parts of this entire passage. You can just Listen carefully. Wives, 
Be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever, ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Great verses for husbands and wife. And then it goes on. Paul goes on in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. To the teenagers in here, you're not off the hook. Children, or we can say teenagers, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, then it may, may be well with you and you may live long in the earth. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Nothing besides your relationship with God is more important than your relationship with your family. I want you to understand that today, and I want you to believe that today, because at the end of your life, those are the ones who are going to be there for you. They just are. And a, ver a word that pops out at me, jumps out at me uh, from the scriptures I just read to you, is the word honor. Honor means to obey, appreciate, value, be true to, love, respect, and build a genuine relationship with. You see, the Bible tells us here, it gives us a formula for marriage. Husbands, you're to love your wife sacrificially as Jesus Christ loved the church and He gave His life for her. That's a tall order. So that means, guys, we're to be the spiritual leader of the home. We're to, we're to be the one to, to make sure that our family, that we're praying together, that you're, you're teaching your family the Word of God, you're reading the Word together, that you guard what comes into your home, through entertainment, you guard the morality of your home. Don't let junk in your home. Right? We can't tell our kids not to watch it if we're watching it. Are you with me? Right, guys? It's tough out there. You can't turn on a computer or go in the store without sexual immorality jumping out at you. But we got to fight it every day. We got to guard that home. Be that spiritual leader. Take your family to God's house. And when the husband's being that kind of spiritual leader, ladies, is it a lot easier to respect him and follow his lead? Yeah, but that's biblical. You, you respect, you honor, you support and encourage your husband as he does that. And then guess what? There's a role that God gave the wife a role too in Scripture. And this works. This isn't popular in our culture today. Right? It's just not popular. But this is true. I understand. It takes a lot of times two incomes to make it now. I get that. It's an expensive world that we live in, right? But ladies, you have a, even if you have a, a job outside the home, that's fine. I understand that. It takes a lot. But remember, your number one role is not that job. Your number one role is making that house a home. And only you can do that. God's given you that gift, that touch. You make that home a safe haven, a place of peace and warmth and protection for your, your family. And if you don't believe me, well, there's an old saying that says, if mama ain't happy. All right, yeah, Jim, that's, you got it. 
Now, that's not in the Bible, okay? But I was thinking in Proverbs, there are some verses that are close to that. They are close. You can research that for yourself. We're not, we don't have time for that today. But you know what? Seriously, ladies, you've got that gift that God's given you. So you make that home a safe haven for your, your kids, your husband. That's your number one role. And, and husbands, your response to that is praise. You pour praise out on her. Nobody else is going to know all the stuff that she does. So you better thank her. You better encourage her. You better praise her for that. Let her know she's special and that you appreciate it. All right? Let's move on. Children, teenagers, obey and respect your parents. It's in God's Word. Often, when we disobey our parents, there's pain. I remember that well growing up. Disobey, there was pain. Dad made sure that the rod of discipline was followed in our family. The Lord disciplines those He loves and He punishes each one He accepts as His child. It's done out of love. It's done out of love. But guys, make no mistake about it. If you, if you disobey your parents, if you rebel against them, you're going to have pain in your life. You will. There's no, no, there's no getting out of it. So for, for us as families, application, don't wait until something bad happens in your family to start following God's commands. Okay, don't wait for that. Obey Him now in your marriage and, and as children and save yourselves a lot of pain. You see, God's laws are designed to protect us and to give us an awesome life. But when it comes to our family, hey, we've got to each do our part. That's the bottom line. And I think the greatest gift that we can, can give in our family is forgiveness. All right? It's a gift that's going to cost you nothing, but the rewards are, you can't even put a price tag on it. I'll just say that. When you can give forgiveness, it's the greatest gift in your home. So we need to extend that. Conflict's going to happen, right? Conflict's going to happen, but guess what? You can choose your response. So if you're angry, take time to cool down. If you're in a bad mood, you know, go have some quiet time with the Lord. Get, get your mind right. Then come back. Sometimes you're not going to agree, but then you just agree to disagree and be respectful about it. But learn from your mistakes. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer deflects anger. That's wise words, isn't it? A gentle answer deflects anger. But a harsh word makes tempers flare. That's true, isn't it? I'll never forget when Joy and I, before we got married, she said it's all about presentation. It's all about presentation. That's true. You know, I can say something three or four ways and get three or four different responses based on how I say it, right? So, remember, you choose your response. You're responsible for you. Maybe you say, well, you don't understand. I had a horrible home life and all this stuff happened to me. I'm sorry. I really am. That's sad. Sometimes horrible things happen. We don't understand why. But guess what? What matters is right now. What are you doing with your life? Are you going to blame your past on your, the decisions you're making now? Are you going to say, you know what? The buck stops with me. I'm responsible for me. No matter what's happened in the past, yeah, it's painful. But God's helped me get through it. Praise be to God for that. And we're going to move on. And we're stopping that. And we're, we're creating a new home here. That's not, that, we have that choice. You know why? God gives us the power to do it. That's exciting right there. So what can you do to change your family? Really nothing. Okay, You can only change yourself. But when you control yourself, guess what? That will be contagious. It really will. So let me say this to the teenagers. How you treat your family is going to determine what kind of parent and spouse that you will become. Really is. You're in training now for your future family. So let me do this. I'm going to give you guys some. This is for this is for everybody here. We're going to get into some very practical 
application of these verses. Right? I'm going to share just some practical things that I've learned that we try to do in our home that I've learned from other people you know, that I admire and, and, and looking at families that I admire and preachers that I admire that I've heard them say these things. This isn't going to be earth-shattering, but I want you to jot some of these things down right now. For husbands and wives, let me talk to you for a minute. Talk and pray together every single day. Have some quality time together. Have a date night weekly or monthly. Okay, now if you're empty nesters, you can have a date night every week. All right, you don't have an excuse. But if you've got little kids in the home, shoot for once a month, okay? Because <laughs> that's a challenge, I understand. And then, take an anniversary trip yearly. You're like, Jason, why, why are you telling us all this? This isn't preaching. Hey, I'm giving you some practical application right now. Keep the marriage strong. Work on that relationship. Get away every year. Whether you can afford it or not, save up the money, make it happen. And then be courteous to each other. Be considerate of each other. Meet each other's needs. Meet, meet your wife's emotional needs. Spend time talking to her and holding her. Wives, meet your husband's physical needs, his sexual, intimate needs. Let there be a free flow of that in your home. That's a godly thing. That's a gift for husband and wife. Only. Only for husband and wife in marriage. But that's a gift. And Satan's trying to pervert that. But hey, that's a gift in marriage. So don't neglect that. Kids, let me give you some practical advice. I say kids. Today is the teenagers in here. Little kids, maybe they can watch this on, on video. Respect your parents. Obey your parents. Talk to your parents. Spend time with your parents. Realize your parents are cool and awesome. Okay? <laughs> Alright, so as a family, have a family night every week. Spend some time where you take technology out and you just do something fun together. Enjoy some hobbies every month. Take some family outings. Go on a vacation every year. Again, does this cost? Yes, but you're investing in your relationship with your family. So important. It's so important. Go to church together. Satan's going to try to distract us, but we've got to unplug from everything. Sometimes, like in our home, Joy likes to say, we force fun. Sometimes we turn off you know, TV, put the phones up, and we'll get out the Uno cards. You know, I like, I like that better than Monopoly. Monopoly takes a long time. I like the Uno games. Now, Joy kind of cringes. She's like, oh, no, let's not do it. Because she knows what's going to happen. All six of us are highly competitive in my home. So there's going to be some fighting. I mean, you know, you play Uno, it's going to, a ruckus is going to break out, you know. But in the end, we've had some fun. All right. There may be some tears. All right. Okay? And I'm not saying there hadn't even been some bloodshed, you know. But as long as I win, it's all good. We're happy. Right? We've had fun. <laughs> Finally, I want to talk to you about your friendships. That's our third connection, connecting with our friends. You know, my kids, they love the, this one show. And uh, let me see how many of y'all know what this show is when it's going to pop up on the screen. Shout it out. iCarly. Okay, so three of you have kids that have ever seen iCarly. All right. Man, this is a fun show. Uh, Dave and I, we like it anyway, don't we talk about this show? It's hilarious. Now it's, it's just reruns now. But it's about these friends, and they're, they're always getting into trouble, and, and they get on each other's nerves. But at the end of the show, they always have each other's back. And that's, that's being a good friend. You know what? We all need friends. Even Jesus, he said he chose his 12 disciples that they might be with him in Mark 3.14. We need that connection. We need that relationship. Uh, so we see all throughout Scripture the importance of friends. And Proverbs 27.6 says this, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. You see, a true friend, they're going to tell you how it really is, but they're going to do it in love. They're going to looking out for you. You know, somebody that doesn't really care about you. Yeah, you're great. Yeah, you know, 
everything's great. Keep doing what you're doing. But they're not really cared about it. They may not have your best interest in mind. Does that make sense? So we've got to be a true friend. And to be a true friend, we've got to look out for others. We've got to celebrate their success, not our own. And this is, this is a verse that I use so often. In Proverbs 13, 20. Listen to this verse. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Another translation says be destroyed. We need to choose our friends wisely. We need to choose wise friends. The friends that we hang out with the most that are our influential friends, they need to be like-minded. They need to be focused on the Lord. And yes, we have friends of concern that we reach out to that maybe they don't know the Lord. We're supposed to do that. But guys, we got to be careful about where we hang out with them. Because it doesn't matter if you're a teenager you know, or an older teenager. We can all be influenced. Right? Every one of us can be influenced. So make sure that those friendships are Christ-centered. Friendships determine the direction and the quality of our lives. As I said, the greatest treasure that we have on this earth is our relationships. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their head this morning. This is our invitation time, and this is where we give you an opportunity to come to the altar and to pray and to do business with God. This is the most important part, more than anything else that's happened, the singing, the sermon, because right now is where you respond to God. And this morning, I just want you to be honest with yourself. The Holy Spirit's here. That's God's Spirit. He's here in this house because we're gathered in His name. The Bible tells us that. He's here. We're two or three or more gathered in my name. So the Holy Spirit's here and He's speaking to hearts right now. If there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they've never given their life to Jesus. If that's you today, would you come? In just a moment, I'm going to pray. And would you come and kneel at this altar and give your life to Jesus? This morning, maybe you need to come and commit your marriage or your kids to the Lord. Maybe, maybe you've got distracted and you've gotten busy and you've kind of pushed your family on the back burner and you know they're important and you do love them and maybe today you just need to come and, and get those priorities right. Make sure that, that you're putting them before other things in your life. That God's first and then your family. Maybe today you just need to come and pray about your friends. Maybe you have some friends that don't know Jesus as their Savior. And maybe you're burdened today just to come and pray for them that you can be bold enough to share your faith with them so that they can know about eternal life too. Father, right now, speak to hearts as only you can. And Lord, for all these people in here, there are so many needs. So Lord, I, get, I pray that you give us freedom right now. Help